You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. because uh, church is important. Did you know that? She heard that, that, that message in the church. And every time we gather, we make Jesus important. And, and, and he, he comes and he, and he speaks to us through, through his word, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He speaks to all of us. And so um, every aspect of our uh, gathering is important to God. The, the praise is important to God, and God, despite all the glitches, uh, he knew that this young lady that was singing today, uh, Cheryl Chavez, who uh, was born premature, and they didn't give her a lot of hope to live, now she's singing praises unto God in the church. And so the praise and worship is important. The children that are in the back, they're important to God, and they're being ministered to right now. The, the, the babies that have a place to go to, they're being ministered to as well. The students that are working right now, putting blankets together that are going to be distributed all over town in Oracle, they're important to God. And all of these things happen, and can I tell you how they happen a lot of the times? It's through the generosity of God's people. It's through us allowing God uh, to lead us to be generous. And we don't talk about this very much. We don't talk about, in fact, uh, a lot of times the person that's giving the, the welcome forgets to tell you that we have giving boxes in the back so that you can give. That's the way that we, that's the way that we make it through with, with, uh, with generosity. And so every week, every week, uh, people make a choice to be generous. We give God our first fruit. Amen. Because God gives us his best, and so we put God at the top with our giving, and then he makes room for everything else on the bottom. But have you noticed that when you put God at the bottom, that nothing else will make room for God in our, in our pocketbooks and, and the way that we give? And so every week we do this. Every week we, 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 we try to, to make that a priority because that's worship unto God. Amen? In fact, the forefathers kind of knew that because the forefathers on our, on our currency, they put something there that they said, this is more important than what you're going to spend. They put, in God we trust. So we don't trust in our dollar bills. We don't trust in our $10 bills or $100 bills. We trust in God who provides everything for us. Every cent that we have is a gift from God. Every talent that you have, every ability as an engineer or as a CEO or as a, as a custodian, no matter what you do, that's been a gift from God for you to be able to do the things that he called you to do. And some of you guys are starting to navigate through a first, uh, maybe a first, uh, 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 a first part of your, of your new journey on a vocation. But God's leading you and he's providing everything that you need. Why am I saying all this? I'm saying that God has been faithful to Living Word Chapel. He's been faithful to this work. He's been faithful to bring every person that's sitting here today here. And we've been able to, to put buildings together, and God doesn't dwell in buildings. He, de- he dwells in people. But we've been able to put buildings up that, that people can, can come in and worship God together. 
We started with this one. We, we added another one. We, we added another one. We added another one. And by God's grace, we're continuing to do things. We have, now we have another campus where we have a building and we have, you know, another building that, that, that uh, two buildings that we uh, are able to be good, good stewards of. So every end of the year, we do a campaign that we call it, we call the year-end offering. And in this year-end offering, we do things uh, because we want to uh, accomplish uh, things through our collective generosity. Without any pressure, if you feel pressure to give, that's not God. You need to know that. If you ever feel pressure to give, it's not God because giving is never pressure. When you have to pay bills, that's pressure. But, ge but generosity is your choice. Generosity is a choice that we make. And so when we started this, this year-end offering uh, to this date, uh, there's been almost 9000 about $8,700 that has come in uh, so far. And, uh, and we thank God for every person that's given so generous, generously. But today we, we put it on the, on the calendar that today is what we call the Big Give Sunday. And it's a day that we, all the monies that come in this weekend, uh, uh, the, the majority of them, we have some essentials that we've got to take care of, but the majority of the monies that, that come in this weekend go to, to fund our year-end causes. And our year-end causes this year are, we're going to renovate the Oracle campus because 25 years ago this building was built, this one. In April, uh, uh, I'm sorry, in March of next year, we're going to celebrate 25 years on the highway. Now, we've never renovated the bathrooms, and I know those bathrooms need to be renovated. I don't know about the women's, but the men, they have a problem with AIM. <laughs> I don't, you, know, don't, you know this with your children. And so we need to renovate uh, that, 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 the bathrooms for sure. We also need to renovate the, the inside of this, this uh, worship center. And we're going to renovate the, 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 um, the cafe. Uh, we're also going to replace the roof at the Kearney uh, multipurpose building where the kids' zone and nursery is located. And I know that the people on the other side, the, the one church, two places, the people over there are going to give generously to, to, to that work. Uh, but we're joined together to make it happen. We're also going to do some uh, exterior and, uh, and interior uh, uh, upgrades there in, uh, in Kearney. And then we always need to do uh, lighting. Our lighting here needs to be re revamped um, because I hear all the time, Pastor, we can't see you real well. And, you know, you're a little bit dark, and um, well, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make that better. Well, we just got to do some, some work. We got to do some AC heating upgrades. We got to do some uh, uh, video and lighting all the time. And then we always use a part of it for missions because we're mission-minded, grace-led. We do a big part for outreach because we believe, we believe, we believe that every person in our communities is important to Jesus. And we will not rest until we have reached every person that God will give us. And that's why it's so important for all of us in here to invite people. When's the last time you invited your neighbor? When's the last time you brought a friend? When's the last time you brought a family member? Not only for Christmas, not only for Easter, but we're talking about throughout the year. We should invite people. 80% of people would come with you if you would invite them. So invite your neighbors, invite your friends. We're going to reach as many people as we can as, as the Lord allows us to. Uh, we also want to put signage. We want to put shading. We need shades over our, our, our um, courtyard. We need shade over our, 
Children's Center. And so we're just trusting the Lord as we phase it out. If you notice, every year we do something big. And we phase it out. And so little by little, we do one big thing, then one big thing. And every year you see something different at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, and Living Word Chapel, Kearney now. And we're going to trust the Lord. So here's what I want you to, to grab a hold of. We've already been praying. So you've already probably prayed, and you probably have a number. Sean and I, we prayed, and we said, Lord, we said uh, what, what's the number we, we should give? And it's funny because it, it happened just like it always does. We said the same number. We had the same number in mind, and, and, and we, 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 we gave that. Uh, but we want for you to join us today. We want for you to join us. And it's not, this, it's not equal giving because we're all at different financial places. But it's equal sacrifice. We can all sacrifice for the kingdom of God because Jesus sacrificed for us. Amen? So it's all of us sacrificing together for his glory. And, and we'll let the Lord direct us as we give. And here's the thing, beloved. That young lady that came and gave her life to Jesus who was struggling with her identity, she's worth it. I have another story, but I'll share it with the next service about a young man in Kearney and what happened there. And here's what we got to grab a hold of that as we give today. So, you know, at the giving station, you can give online. You can text give however you're going to give. Let's do it today in a way that's going to honor God. And we'll trust the Lord for the rest. Amen? Okay. So we, uh, we started a, a series last week called The Christmas Miracle, and uh, Dr. Gary Kinneman kicked it off. How many of you enjoyed that last week with, with Gary? You never know what's going to come out of that man's mouth. Probably say the same thing about me, right? Um, I want to start out the, 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 the uh, sermon today. Uh, you know, Gary talked about uh, the, the miracle of, of uh, uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, and they were old in their age, and, and, and God gave them a son who would be the, the, the predecessor, the forerunner of, of the, the Messiah. John the Baptist was going to be the one that's going to be the voice in the wilderness that was calling people into repentance, that was leading them to Jesus. And, uh, and so we found out how important that was. But I want to start out with... Uh, my my sermon with a with a Christmas song I selected. So go ahead and cue that that Christmas song. How many of you heard that Christmas song before? Right? At least the first part of it is a, is a Christmas song, right? I do believe in miracles, right? It's the second part, yes, yes. Second part's a miracle. Uh, why is it, let me ask you a question. How, why is it easier to believe in miracles for a sexy thing than for us to believe in miracles for Christmas? Why, why is it e easier for, for us to, uh, in, in, in the world or, or in the church, uh, for us to, to believe 
that, uh, that you know, we can get these miracles of things that are really irrelevant uh, to, to the, 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 the whole um, goodness that can, that can come into our life uh, and, and neglect the, the one thing that can really change your life, and that's Jesus. Have you noticed that, that we, we kind of naturalize Christmas? We, we, we make it very, very in the natural. And when we minimize, hear me now, when we minimize the miracles of the Bible, we minimize the potential of God in our lives and in the lives of others. I don't know where you're at in your, in your life right now. I don't know where you're at in, in believing that the God that we serve, the, the, the Jesus that we sing about, the Jesus that we sing to, that he's able to do things in your life that are beyond your comprehension. That when we come to Christmas, that, that, that the Christmas story is a miraculous story. Just the way that, that Gary started last week talking about how the, the, the conception of, of, of uh, John the Baptist, how he came into this world through, through elderly, elderly individuals. And, and, you know, they had to believe in miracles. And there was nothing sexy about Zacharias and Elizabeth that day. They were up in age, right? But there was a miracle, there was a miracle that occurred, and, and I, I really believe that God is leading me to lead this church to believing that the God that we serve is a God of miracles. I, I really believe that, 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 that the church has got to a place, and, and maybe it's my fault, I don't know what it is, but the church has got to a place where we, we live a very ordinary life instead of living an extraordinary life, which is what we have with God. There is nothing that's impossible for God. Nothing. There is nothing that we face. There is, there is no uh, relationship that we have gone through. Uh, whatever we are dealing with in life, there is nothing that God is not able to move into and do something that is beyond our understanding and beyond our limitations. And so here's, here's my prayer and my hope as we go through these these uh, next three messages. My prayer is that we will witness the miracle working power of Jesus in our life. My prayer is that there will be an excitement in the body of Christ because of who Jesus is. See, I see, I see people get more excited for a ball game. You can lift your hands for your favorite team, but it's so difficult for us to lift our hands to God. Have you noticed that? It is so difficult for us to get excited about the things that God can do for us. And I, I just think that that's wrong. I just believe that God has so much more for us. And so today I'm going to be talking about a miracle for us. Next week I'm going to be talking about a miracle in us. There's a transformation that happens inside of us through the power of the living God. We become a new creation. The former things go away. And we live in the newness of life. And then as this miracle works in us, the week after that, which will be the, the night of, of our candlelight service, I'm going to be talking about the miracle that works through us. 
So he's, he works for us. In other words, he's available for everybody, but not everyone opens up the gift of Christmas. The greatest gift that we can open up is Jesus. Amen? And then as, he, as we receive him, then he works in us, and there's a transformation that takes place. And every year we should be looking more like Christ. Every day we should be looking more like Jesus because he's in us. And then he works through us. So every person that, that is placed in your life should be impacted for the glory of God. I want you to think about all the people that God has placed in your life. Even this past week, how many people did God place you into close proximity with? Were they impacted for God because of you? Were they drawn closer to God because of you? Because that's exactly what God does. He works through us, and we'll talk about that in two weeks from now. Our text for today is going to go, come from Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied almost, almost 800 years before the birth of Christ. And he said this. He said this to, uh, to, to Israel and, and, and it stands for us today. He said, for to us, a child is born. And to us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. Now, this is very important to us as Americans because our government is in chaos right now. Right? There is so much un- un- instability in our country. Can I tell you that there's never instability with God? That Jesus is always on the throne. He never comes off of the throne. He's always in charge. So he says the government will, will, uh, um, will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And, and so in this passage, we, we see that the, the Christ, the Messiah, was, was for us. But we have to unwrap, and this is what I want us to grab a hold of, unwrap the miracle working potential of Jesus for our life on Christmas. Here's the first miracle that I want us to unwrap. Let's unwrap the, the Christ child. Let's understand why he's so important to us. First thing, I, I, I just have to uh, reiterate and reemphasize that Jesus was born for us. He was born for you. He was born for you. Not just any child. He was different than any other birth. Matthew, as he's writing, he says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this was a prophecy that was fulfilled from Isaiah 7, verse 14. And we need to understand that, that the Christ child it is so needed in our life because of, he understands our humanity. Jesus was 100% man. He felt the emotions that we feel. He felt the, the rejection that we feel. He felt the struggles that we feel. Those individuals around us, whether they're struggling with same-sex relationships or they're struggling with, with brokenness or they're struggling with, with, with being shattered in life, whatever it may be, God knows your 
pain because Jesus became just like you. Sometimes we think, you know what, Jesus, he don't understand. He wasn't tempted like I'm tempted. He, he didn't have these struggles. He didn't, he didn't have addiction struggles. He didn't have all of these things. But the Bible says that he felt everything that we feel. The writer of Hebrews put it like this. We don't have a high priest. That's who Jesus is, is, is his position, as we've seen in, in the New Testament. We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize. I love that word. Not sympathize, like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. Empathize means I've been there. I've, I've walked those, in those shoes. So it says, we don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way now, hear me. Let's just stop right there. Tempted in every way. Do you think that Jesus was tempted with same-sex temptations? Do you think Jesus was tempted with, with uh, fornication? It, it says every way. You think Jesus was tempted with addiction? Do you think Jesus was tempted with, with uh, uh, dishonoring? Do you think Jesus was tempted? Think about the worst temptation that you've ever faced. With murder, you think Jesus was ever uh, tempted with, with murdering someone? The Bible says that he was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. You see, God knows you, and he chose to become like you. He chose to take on our humanness, and, and that's why the Christmas miracle is so vitally important. He took on, he took on our, 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 our humanity, and yet he never sinned. He understands what you're going through because he understands your temptation. And he understands how cruel this world can be. From the very beginning of his birth, people didn't make room for him. There was no room in the inn for Jesus. And they sent him to, to you know, the, the, the stable with, 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 the, with, the, with the animals. And can I tell you that a lot of times, hear me now, beloved, when we don't allow the miracle working power of God, aren't we saying, Jesus, we don't really need you? With whatever situation you're facing, whether it's a relationship, whether it's, it's, a, it's a financial situation, whether it's something that, 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 a brokenness in your life, you need to know that God understands you and that he cares for you, but you've got to make room for him in your life. Here's miracle number two. He's the son of God. I grew, up, I grew up with people saying, hey, uh, you know, that James Reese, that's John's son. You know Juan, the plumber? Juan, the, 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 the surveying engineer, worked for Phelps Dodge? That's Juan's son. You grew up with someone recognizing you for, for who your parents were, maybe. You know, that's, that's Scott's son. That's Susie's son. But Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus is God, the Son. He's not, he's not a created person. He's a creator. 
And the miracle is that he came down off of his throne. He removed his glory so that he could take on human likeness. That's a miracle, beloved. That's a, that's a miracle that, that, that he came off of his throne because God the Father was giving us a gift. Isaiah said, to us a son is given. How many of you in here have a son? Just raise your hand if you have a son. How many of you love your son? About half of you. Praise God. One. I love one of my sons. We love our kids. The father loves the son. He's God in, 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 in incarnate. And yet, and yet he, he, the Father gave his Son to sinful men and sinful women. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And everything that was made was made through him. And there's not anything that was made that was not made through the Word. This is a Son who was given for you and for me. In Luke's gospel, as they announce the, 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 the Savior uh, to Mary, he says, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And the Son knows the Father, and he also makes the Father known to, to you. In fact, in, 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 in John 14, in verse about 7, after Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Philip asked him, Lord, just show us the Father. And Jesus said, Philip, have I not been with you long enough? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He didn't say he was the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I have every attribute that the Father has. And so the, 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 the miracle is that the Son of God and God the Son was given to you. And he will change your life for good. Here's miracle number three is that you have the potential to know the king of kings. The king of kings and the Lord of lords. As Isaiah's prophesying, as he's writing things down, he says the government will be on his shoulders. And there have been rulers and there have been dictators and there have been presidents throughout the centuries of mankind. But in God's economy, there's only one king, and that's Jesus. And I don't know where you're at, beloved. I don't know if you're getting frazzled right now because of everything that's happening. Can I tell you that everything has to take place? It's all right here. Everything will take place as God ordains it. And I'm not telling you that we don't vote or we don't, we don't pray and we don't stand for those that, are, uh, that, that God can place into office that can, that can better humanity. We continually do that as believers and followers of Christ. But we need to know that there's only one king that should rule in our hearts. We don't make a pledge of allegiance to any man that sits at the Oval Office. We make a pledge to the Father who's given us the Son and has filled us with the Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I'm not anti-government. I'm not anti-anything. I love the United States of America, but I'm going to tell you something. There's a king who will rule through eternity, and that king is who? 
Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus was, was born into one of the greatest empires that was ever known to man. The Roman Empire ruled the world. And Jesus went before Pontius Pilate, this great governor of this great kingdom. And Pontius Pilate said, are you a king? And Jesus says this, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. I'm going to stop right there because some of you guys make your, make your, make your living, make your life about this world. But your, your life when you follow Jesus is not about this world. You're just a pilgrim passing through. We're just passing through this life, and, and, and we're passing through with, with our, our allegiance unto the, the king of kings. So he goes on, he says this. He says, if it were, he said, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders, but now my kingdom is from another place. Pilate says, you're a king then. Jesus answered, and he says, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. And everyone on the side of truth will listen to me. We say it over and 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 over again because it's the most important thing you could ever hear. It doesn't matter what message you're hearing if it does not align itself with this. It's not from God. Even if I speak something to you guys and if it doesn't align itself with this, Believe this before you believe any human voice. He is the king of kings. And can I tell you that your heart will be more at peace if you let Jesus rule in your life than putting all of your dependence on a human throne. You will be more at peace when you understand that. Isaiah went on after verse 6, and he said this, Of the greatness of his government and of the greatness of his peace, there will be no end. We will never have total peace outside of Christ. You can't because Christ came to give us peace when he reconciled us to the Father. That brokenness that we had, that, 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 uh, uh, that uneasiness, that, 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 that just that turmoil that we had was, 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 was broken. And, and, and the, the peace that we can have with the Father was bridged through what Jesus did on the cross. And it was made secure because he rose from the dead. And so you may be in here and you don't have any peace. Let me tell you, your peace, your peace comes through Jesus. Here's miracle number four. We have the wonderful counselor. He will be called wonderful counselor. And we so minimize how profound this is. You know, when, when we say wonderful, we, we, we think, oh, it's good, it's really nice. But awesome doesn't even compare to how wonderful God is. 
In fact, the word wonderful in this passage literally means incomprehensible. It's so much bigger than what we can understand. Uh, uh, Wonderful, when we talk about a wonderful God, I want you to think about he created everything that we see and everything that we don't see. We'll get fascinated just with the earth. If any of you have watched that movie called, uh, or that documentary called The Planet, and they filmed this, this, this documentary about all these, the, the, the creatures that, that, you know, in this earth. And it's amazing the way that they did the footage and all of this. It's just fascinating when you look at it. And God created all of that, but that's just a part of his creation. And every one of us is so unique, and all our kids are so unique. We're so complex, and we, we think the, the, the wonderful, but we say wonderful God God is, his wonderfulness is so much bigger than we could ever understand. In fact, Isaiah went on to say in, in, uh, in chapter 28, he said this. And, and here's the crazy thing. I was reading through the context. Chapter 28, he's, he's talking about uh, the children of Israel. And he's talking to Ephraim, everybody around, uh, all the nations. And he's saying they're intoxicated. They're intoxicated with the things of this world. Said they're intoxicated. They live their life for strong drink. They live their life for wine. They live, they're intoxicated by these things. He said, but there's one who's coming who's so much greater than what you could comprehend. And he was talking about Jesus. And he gets to the end of the chapter, right? And he says these, this, this, word in, 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 uh, this, this word in verse 28. He says, all of this comes, all of this comes from the Lord of hosts. And he's wonderful in his counsel. And he's excellent in his wisdom. Don't minimize what Jesus can do in your life. Don't minimize. When Jesus walked the face of the earth, miracles walked with him. And he's still alive. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He, he's still able to do what we can't do ourselves. Right? When life doesn't make sense, you need a wonderful counselor who is wiser than any mind-boggling decision that you have. This is who Jesus was. In, in John's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 25 It says that no one needed to tell him about human nature. For he knew what was in each person's heart before anyone said anything. That's a miracle. You see, when I I put the mask on and, and, and don't let anyone pass this exterior face, God knows what's going on in here. And when I allow the wonderful counselor in my life, he's able to direct me and guide me. He's able to go into the deep parts of my life, and he's able to do surgery like only he can do. He's a great physician, and he's able to take all the cancer, all the yucky stuff out of my life and make me so much better than I could ever be by myself. He's a wonderful counselor. Here's miracle number five. He's a mighty God. I don't know about you guys, but I need a mighty God in my life. I need someone that's bigger than my problems. 
I need someone that's bigger than anything that I'll face. He will be called mighty God. Jesus is the mighty God. And the reason that he's able to save you from your sin is because he's a mighty God. No matter what you've done, no matter what you, you, you the, the, the worst decision you've made, he's able to save you from that. Does anyone in here need power in your life? Anyone in here need, need power to sustain you? Does anyone need, you know, he, we, we live in such a naturalized world, especially our, our, our youngs, because they, they think that power is in, in, in our phone. You can Google anything. Really, think about it. You can Google whatever answer that you need, but I tell you that God is greater than Google. God gave every engineer, every great mind that has ever... If man could do those things, think about it. If man can do those wonderful works, how much more can God, who created man, do in your life. Google doesn't bring peace. Facebook doesn't even bring friends. Someone said earlier, you know, I have this many followers on Twitter. I said, you have more than Jesus. Think about it. The reality is Jesus had 12 people that followed him to the end. One of them turned him in. But he knew it was for the good of man because he knew that he would have many more followers that would come to him later. And some of you in here are his followers. I don't know if every one of you is, but some of you in here are his followers. You've, you've, you've left the world behind because you found the mighty God in your life. When everything's said and done, it's going to be the mighty God that will raise you from the dead. That's Jesus. Miracle number six is that he's the everlasting father. Now, this will kind of, it'll, it'll make you blow a gasket. What do you mean? What do you mean he's the everlasting father? We, we have the father and the son and the Holy Spirit. What, what, is, what does that mean? Let me, let me say something to you guys. This is so important that Jesus is so complex he, he, he is so complex. He, he, he's simple that you can come to him as a babe, but he's so complex that you'll never be able to figure everything about the Godhead in your own abilities. It is the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that will give you revelation until the day we're with him. When, when, when Simon Peter said to him, uh, uh, you are the Christ, Jesus looked at him and said, Simon Flesh and blood is not, is not this, you have not discerned this through flesh and blood, but my Father who is in heaven has given you this revelation. I, I love the way that, that Charles Spurgeon put it when he, when he, when he, he preached a sermon on, on this and he talked about the everlasting Father. And he said this, he said, how complex is the person of our Lord Jesus Christ? Almost in the same breath, the prophet calls him a child and a counselor. A son and the everlasting Father. This is no contradiction to us, scarcely a paradox, but it is a mighty marvel that he who was an infant should be at the same time be infinite 
He who was the, 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 the man of sorrow should also be God over all, blessed forever. And that he who is the divine trinity, always called the son, should nevertheless be correctly called the everlasting father. It's a miracle. When Jesus is in your, is in your life, you will experience the miracle of an everlasting father. Miracle number seven is he's the prince of peace. I don't know about your world, but my world is filled with chaos all around me. But you know that? I, 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 I mean, I just have to get out of my house to find chaos. There's turmoil everywhere. There's, there's circ- circumstances, there's situations, there's troubles But there's a promise that we have peace with Jesus. He will be called the Prince of Peace. That great word in the Hebrew, shalom, calmness, tranquility. There's something supernatural about the peace of God. That you can have chaos all around you. And you can have peace in your heart. That's a miracle. It's a miracle that you can walk in the peace of the living God. Jesus said this right before he left. Right before he left his disciples, he said, Peace, I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give you this peace as the world does. He says, so don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. No matter what we are facing in this coming week, we can face it with the peace of the Almighty God. No matter what decision you have, you have a wonderful counselor. No matter if your parents are here or they're not, you have an everlasting father. And there's a mighty God that's bigger than any problem you're going to face this week. Can I give you a challenge? Can you expect a miracle this week? Can you trust Jesus for a miracle this week? Can we let him outside of our box? I don't know what box you you have Jesus in. I know I've put him in boxes before. Can we take him out of the box and let him take over? Let him be the ruler of our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for sending the greatest gift known to man, 
and making him mad. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for loving us so much that you sent the very best. And Lord, I'm, try- I- I'm-, I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to do life on my own. I'm tired, Lord, of, of, of trying to, to face the biggest problems that I have through my humanness and my human abilities. But today, Lord, I am going to open up my heart. I'm going to open up my mind. And I'm going to open up my life to everything that you have for me. Today, I'm making a choice to make Jesus my Lord. Today, I'm making a choice to make him my Savior the mighty God, the Prince of Peace. Lord, let your peace rule in my heart. I choose you today. I said that prayer just the way I did because there's someone in here and that prayer is yours. And if that prayer is yours, I want you to own it. If that prayer is yours where you're saying, Jesus, rule in my life today, just raise your hand so that God can see that. Amen. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Amen. What you're saying is, Jesus, have, my, have your way. I'm making you my God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.